All right, welcome everyone to another edition of Wagers Ragers. This is a divisional playoff edition coming to you bright and early in the morning on Saturday. Are at uh, 4.30 and 8.15. Um, this is uh, Joshua, some call me JT Buckner. I have on my right coast, Jonathan Donath. Good morning, everybody. All the way across the country on the left coast, we have Mike Caracosa. So Good morning. It's your regular three here on Wagers Ragers, and we're going to start off with the first game, which is uh, Minnesota at San Francisco, and uh, Mike's going to take this game. Yeah, thanks, JT. Uh, yeah, Minnesota getting seven points here. Uh, the over-under, last I checked, was 45.5. But anyway, um, to start things off, you know, Minnesota, I don't think you're, they're your typical number six seed. They can run the ball. They're really good at taking the ball away, and their secondary has gotten much better since the start of the season. Also, their front seven has always been strong. Look at last week. Vikings put a lot of pressure on Drew Brees, and this week San Francisco's offensive line isn't that great. So I do expect the defense to perform well in this game for Minnesota, so I expect more of the same. Um, speaking of San Francisco's offense, uh, you know, it's one that can be explosive with you know, George Kittle, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Robert Mossert, uh, you know, and promising rookie Debo Samuel, who can all put a lot of strain on opposing defenses. However, one defense that built for that challenge to stop, to stop them, in my opinion, is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, on the offensive side, Kirk Cousins has some great targets to throw to, and together with Galvin, Dalvin Cook, I believe they can do enough in this game to keep it competitive. Uh, on the subject of Dalvin Cook, when interesting stat, when both he and Adam Thielen are on the field, the Vikings offense produces six points and 51 yards more than it does without one or the other. So Cook is back this week. As we saw last week, he you know, played very well. Thielen appears to be good to go after you know, hurting his ankle in practice this week. Um, Cook ran for 28 times for 94 yards and two touchdowns and caught three passes for 36 yards last week. Uh, the 94 yards, which is interesting, were the most allowed to any runner by the Saints this season. In my mind, Cook's the second best back in the NFL, only behind Saquon Barkley. And when Cook plays... The Vikings are an entirely different offense. Uh, you know, the 49ers defense will get a boost from the return of D Ford and Quan Alexander. But remember, the 49ers gave up 20 more points in eight of their last nine games. Well, I don't know how much I can trust the Vikings O-line in this game versus the 49ers defense. I do know Minnesota's defense will do enough to keep this under one touchdown, in my opinion. So there's a few trends that are kind of have me leaning towards the Vikings. Um, you know, one is that betters tend to overvalue both home field advantage and the buy in the NFL playoffs. Uh, road dogs tend to do well in the divisional rounds. And then there's Kyle Shanahan as a favorite. Um, you know, since taking over San Francisco, the 49ers are 5, 12, and 1 against spread as a favorite under Shanny, and 3, 8, and 1 against the spread as a home favorite. And then finally, this is interesting, there's a trend under Mike Zimmer that's hard to ignore as well. Since he took over the Vikings, Minnesota's 18 against, 18 against the spread in games against NFC North foes, but 44-19-1 against the spread against non-divisional foes, which is absolutely amazing. So 
I'll be taking the Vikings in this one. Um, there are some areas of concern. Number one, the 49ers de- defense. Even though I like the Vikings, the Niners defense makes this a tough bet. Um, as I mentioned earlier, D Ford is set to return for the Niners as per Ian Rappaport. Uh, his addition really is going to be huge for the, the, the Niners. Uh, with Ford in the game, the defenses can't always uh, shade protection uh, towards Nick Bosa because Ford presents really too much of a threat on the other side. Um, more importantly, Ford's return allows Eric Armstead to play defensive tackle, which is his best position. So essentially the Niners are going to be at full strength on the D-line. Um, and some interesting data with that, with them all playing together, the 49ers allowed 11 points per game in weeks one through seven with Ford and Alexander. Uh, and they've allowed 26 per game since after Alexander and later Ford got hurt. So I'm expecting to see a much improved San Francisco defense, but I still like the, the Niners in this one. And, um, you know, some interesting just other data, you know, divisional round since 2006 road team off a road game, getting a touchdown or more, uh, 10 and one against the spread, which the Vikings fall into. And uh, Minnesota has missed covering only once in its previous five outings while San Francisco has failed in four of its last five home games. Uh, And then finally, the over-under, 45.5. You know, these are two of the best rush offenses and two of the better defenses. This could, likely will, include a chair of punts and, you know, other field position battles. Uh, Minnesota has allowed 23 or fewer points 13 times this season, and San Francisco has, you know, a knack for protecting leads and shortening the game with their run game. So, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Vikings. Guys, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I agree with a lot of that. Um, and the Niners have been one of the best teams in the league this year, no question about it. They earned their bye. But the Minnesota Vikings very much impressed me last week. I did not expect them to go into New Orleans and play as well as they did. It really looks to me from watching them play that this Vikings team has taken an extra step from last year to this year. That being said, I have a lot of respect for what Kyle Shanahan has done with San Francisco. They're very healthy at this point. They've got a lot of great young talent. And I feel like San Francisco is going to win the game, but I think that touchdown is too much to lay. I'm going to take the Vikings and get the points on this one. Um, One stat I came up with that I looked at, that the Niners would have been 0-5 against this spread in the last five games. So with that said, I'll take the Vikings and the points, even though I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners would win. I think it's too many points to lay. The over-under, it's been changing back and forth over the last couple of days. The last time I looked at it, I I saw 44.5. Either way, um, from FanDuel, the total has hit the over in five of Minnesota's last six road games and seven out of San Francisco's last 10 games overall. So I'm going to take Minnesota, give me the points, I'll take the over. Um, As far as any over-unders, I thought Dalvin Cook looked awesome last week. Um, On DraftKings, I think his over-under for rushing yards is 73.5. Give me the over on that. Another one I'm kind of looking at, Kyle Rudolph's over-under for receptions is only 2.5. In his last 11 games, he would have been 8-3 against that number. Three catches doesn't seem like a lot. San Francisco has a really good defense. I could see Kirk Cousins looking. There's a Wager Ragers mascot cat on the video if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, 
I could see with San Francisco's uh, really good defense that's healthy, uh, Kirk Cousins looking for an outlet and going to Kyle Rudolph a few times. So I think I like that two and a half receptions. So to recap, my view is I'm taking the Vikings and the seven points. I'm taking the over and then player props. I like Rudolph on two and a half receptions going over. And I like Cook rushing yards going over 73 and a half. Yeah, all Very good nice. stuff. Uh, all good stuff, guys. Um, just a couple things to add on this game. Let's remember, um, Kirk Cousins is a completely different quarterback when he doesn't play at 1 o'clock. And today's game's at uh, 4.30, I believe. So, you know, that kind of gives me pause to consider uh, taking the Vikings today. And the 49ers' defense, especially their front four, has just been dominant all season long. And with the return of D Ford, I can see the 49ers really shutting down the Vikings. This is a game where I'm probably going to stay away from taking one of the two teams. What I really like in this game is that both teams are going to run the ball a lot. And I think it's going to be a lot of punts. I think it's going to be a lot of field position. Um, so I'm taking the under. Right now on DraftKings, the under is 44. Um, I've already put two units on the under on this game. And uh, as far as a prop, I like uh, Mostert to go over. And uh, – his rushing yard total right now uh, on DraftKings is 52 and a half. And I uh, dropped a unit on uh, Mostert, over 52 and a half rushing yards. So, JT, I'm glad you brought up Kirk Cousins because he has given me some concern as well in this, this bet. Um, let me give you some data that I also found that I wanted to share with you. So, you know, Kirk Cousins catch, catches a lot of flack for not playing well in primetime games. Uh, you know, he's 12, 24, and 1 against the spread, which is 33% for his career when playing games that start with a later than 1 p.m. Eastern start time, including 0-1 in the postseason. So, of course, the flip side of that is when the game does start at 1 p.m., uh, you know, Cousins is 65% against the spread. As good as anybody ever, right? So this game kicks off at 4.35 EST. So you would think bet the house on the 49ers, right? Not so fast. I've actually been keyed into a remarkable trend the entire year there's an element that I've never considered until this week. So does it matter what time it is locally, right? If Cousin performs best at 1 p.m. games, which is attributed to his, uh, you know, strict regimented routine that many have hypothesized, then wouldn't the local time be the most important factor, right? So it turns out Cousins, 38 and 21, 64%, when the kickoff occurs between 2 p.m., before 2 p.m. local time. Right. So that's about the same win rate that he has when the game kicks off at 1 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, Captain Kirk here. Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. I'm Captain Kirk. Four and three in games that kick off before 2 p.m. locally, but don't actually start at 1 p.m. Eastern. So that includes uh, three and three on the West Coast and one and oh in London. So just throwing that out there, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Hey, all good points. Um, I'm still staying away from the uh, from taking either one of the teams as far as the point spread's concerned. I'm sticking with the under, and I'm sticking with my prop on Mostert as far as the uh, Vikings and, and uh, 49ers go. So on to Baltimore and Tennessee. You know, I got to tell you, at the beginning of the week, right after the Patriots game, and I saw the line come out, and I think it came out at 9.5, uh, Tennessee getting 9.5 points, I was all over Tennessee. And as the week's gone on, and as I've researched this game, I've changed my mind on this game. 
And so let's go through some stats here. I mean, Baltimore has won their last 12 games. They have the largest point differential in the league. Their offense is a complete juggernaut. Um, Lamar Jackson is, I mean, he's probably going to be the MVP this year. He's thrown 36 touchdown passes. He's rushed for over 1,000 yards. He topped Michael Vick's uh, quarterback rushing record. If you look at the defense, Baltimore's only giving up 17.6 points a game versus Tennessee, 20.7. Baltimore's only giving up 93.4 yards uh, of rushing. And uh, Tennessee's giving up 104.5. I just don't see how Tennessee is going to be able to stop both Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Um, I know Mark Ingram has got a calf injury. He's questionable, but he says he's going to play. I assume he's going to play. Um, so I just, I just don't see how Tennessee is going to stop them. Now, both Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill, since week seven, are one and two in passer rating. Both have over 66% completion percentage, passer rating over, over 113.3, and touchdown to interception rate of four to one. Um, that being said, Tennessee is really kind of a one-dimensional team. I know Tannehill's played well, but last week, Derrick Henry made up for 75% of Tennessee's offense. And I think that given the strength of Baltimore's defense, they're going to key, on, key in on Derrick Henry. They're going to put eight in the box. They're going to try to stop Derrick Henry, and they're going to try to make Tannehill uh, throw the ball and beat them that way. But if you look at Baltimore's defensive backs – you have Marcus Peters, who they acquired during the, their, during the regular season, Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey, all of which rank in the top 40 uh, in passer rating against. Uh, Jimmy Smith is 11th at 65.4. Marcus Peters is 16th at 69.8. And Marlon Humphrey is 37th at uh, 87. And you, plus you have Earl Thomas in the back playing safety, who's an all-pro Hall of Famer. Um, I just don't see how... Uh, Tennessee is going to beat Baltimore. And quite frankly, I can see this game being a blowout because if Baltimore gets ahead early, I think they're just going to run away with this game. I mean, offensively, they're putting up 33.2 points uh, per game versus Tennessee at 25.1. But they've had a week, um, a week off, a week to rest. Um, and I heard this morning that Baltimore has a completely separate playbook that they haven't even shown to the league yet that they've been saving for the postseason. So if Tennessee wow. has been planning to stop Baltimore based upon film and what they've seen during the regular season, Baltimore's ready to just unleash a completely different offensive play package. And I can see Baltimore just running over Tennessee today, possibly putting up 40 points against Tennessee and blowing them out. So I like Tennessee. I mean, I'm sorry, I like Baltimore this week. Uh, right now, DraftKings has it at nine and a half. I've seen the line at 10. Um, so if it's still under 10, I would jump all over it and take Baltimore and lay the nine and a half points. Um, these two teams haven't played in the last two years. And Lamar Jackson wasn't on the team two years ago. Tennessee has not played against Lamar Jackson. He is an absolute juggernaut. And I can see him running all over Tennessee, throwing multiple touchdown passes. Um, they have Mark Edwards, who is a beast at tight end. So I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Baltimore this week. I'm laying the nine and a half. And uh, 
And that's, I don't know about the over-under. I'm probably going to stay away from that. It could be, you know, a low-scoring game with Baltimore still winning by about 14 points. But I strongly like uh, Baltimore in this game. Fellas? Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a big switch. As soon as that line came out last weekend, JT, I know you were all over the Titans, hot off their win over the Patriots. Um, but looking at some of these numbers and hearing the information you, you gave out, uh, this is a really tough call for me because nine and a half points is such a, a big number to give, especially in the playoffs. But I understand where you're coming from. Baltimore has been far and away the best team in the league. Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the league. And I'm looking at their, their game logs right here, and they are just crushing teams. The only thing I could say going the other way in the favor of the Titans is I look at the last few games the Ravens played. They played the Steelers. They crushed them. Steelers didn't make the playoffs. They played the Browns. They crushed them. The Browns didn't make the playoffs. They played the Jets. The Jets didn't make the playoffs. The Ravens crushed the Jets. They, paid, they played Buffalo. Buffalo did make the playoffs. They beat them by a touchdown. They played the Niners. The Niners did make the playoffs. They beat them by a field goal. Um, they played the Rams. The Rams didn't make the playoffs. They crushed them. So, I mean, this is not exactly rocket science, right? So what I'm saying is the Ravens crushed really terrible teams and beat good teams too, but it was a lot closer. Um, not that the Ravens didn't crush good teams too. They crushed the Texans, who are a pretty good team. But nine and a half is a lot to lay right here. And I have a question for you, JT. So obviously it's kind of like, what's the old saying? The irresistible force meeting the immovable object, right? The <laughs> Titans are all about Derrick Henry. I think we all took Derrick Henry on the crazy over last week and he killed it. You know, I think he got like 180 yards and the over under was around 90 or a hundred this week. Derrick Henry's uh, over under is just give me a second. I think it's around 90 ish again. Uh, 94 and a half on DraftKings right now is Derrick Henry's over-under on rushing yards. Baltimore is the number four rushing defense for the year. Does, based on what you're saying right there, JT, are you taking the under on Derrick Henry 94 and a half yards? No, I mean, if I had to, t if I had to take that bet, I'd probably, I'd probably go over 94 and a half. Um, you know, it, it could go either way. That's why I'm probably going to stay away from Derrick Henry as far as the, um, the over-under because I think that Baltimore is going to put eight in the box and try to stop him. But I could see him going over 94 and a half, but I could also see Baltimore stopping him, which is why I'm going to stay away from that prop. But I think Tennessee is going to do the same thing they did last week with, uh, against New England is they're going to try and you know, put everything on the shoulders of Derrick Henry and hope to slow the game down, keep Lamar Jackson off the field, keep this a low-scoring game. You know, my, my concern is that Baltimore gets ahead early and then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's 17 nothing, and now you just can't keep running Derrick Henry over and over again and then Ryan Tannehill has to pass. So I, I, I still think they're going to try to feed Derrick Henry, but it's, it's a prop I'm going to stay away from this week. Totally understandable. And I was thinking the same thing, that if the Ravens get up early, how long can the Titans stick with the run? Right now, I've got myself a tasty 50 burger. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. On the Titans getting the nine and a half. For now, right now, I'm going to leave my money on the Titans getting the nine and a half. But I totally hear what you're saying. Uh, Koza, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Um, JT, I think you've convinced me. I'm cashing out. I'm jumping on the Baltimore train, uh, just looking at some more data. You know, Lamar Jackson, he's accounted for 43 TDs in 15 games. Um, I don't think Tennessee has a defense to cope with them. 
Uh, Baltimore actually led the NFL in scoring, which I did not know, 33.2 points. Yeah. I don't like the way Ryan Tannehill looked last week. You know, like you kind of said, Derrick Henry can only do so much. Uh, I'm taking Baltimore as well. Yeah, I mean, look at – and just it's like a, like a three-headed monster almost for Baltimore. You have Lamar Jackson, who's thrown 36 touchdown passes and I think ran for another seven. And you have Mark Ingram, who's rushed for over 1,000 yards as well, and I believe scored 10 touchdowns. And then you have Mark Andrews, their tight end, and they're tight end heavy, Baltimore. 64 receptions, 852 yards, and 10 touchdowns alone from Mark, Henry, from, from Mark Edwards. And all, t- all tight ends from Baltimore, 125 receptions, fi- 1,522 yards. So you have tight ends, you got running back, and you got Lamar Jackson. I just don't see how Baltimore could be stopped. So along those lines, what do the props look like for Edwards? Uh, you mean Andrews? Andrews, I'm sorry. So props for Andrews. We have uh, 52 and a half receiving yards. And uh, receptions is over four and a half, plus 140. I, I like that. I actually like that as a prop. Over four and a half receptions for Mark Andrews. He's, he's, uh, that seems to be Lamar Jackson's um, favorite target. So if that's a prop, you're getting great value at plus, at plus 140. On to Sunday. All right, so the first game on Sunday, I think it's a 12:30 start. It's the Houston Texans against the Kansas City Chiefs. The over/under is 51 points, a huge over/under, with the Chiefs favored by nine and a half points. Of course, the Chiefs won the AFC West this year, got themselves a bye. They are the number two seed. Uh, the Houston Tex- Texans played at home in the wild card round of the playoffs, and pulled out a victory against the Buffalo Bills after being down 16 to nothing in the second half. They stormed back and won in overtime 22 to 19. Uh, The biggest stat I've been hearing, well, let me back up a second. These two teams actually played earlier in the year and the Texans beat Kansas city 31 to 24. Pat Mahomes did play in that game, but some of their defensive players on Kansas city side were a little bit banged up. I don't expect the same result this time around. I'm expecting the Chiefs to win, but, spoiler alert, I'm taking the nine and a half points in the Texans because I think it's going to be a closer game uh, than the odds makers are saying it is. The big stat that I've been hearing recently is that the Chiefs have covered in six straight games. But if you take a little bit closer closer look at the numbers, uh, the Chiefs have covered nine and a half in four out of the last five. But those four teams finished at a combined 27 and 37. The Chiefs were seven and nine against a nine and a half spread for the year. They're only three and two versus playoff teams for the year. And those, and, and those three wins, they only won by an average of 5.6 points. Uh, on the over-under, the total has hit the under in five of Kansas City's last six games and in seven of, last, of Houston's last 10 games. So what does that mean? Uh, I think the Chiefs win this game. I think they are the most talented or second most talented team in the AFC. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson is good enough. I think they have just enough talent on Houston's side to keep it close. Uh, the over-under is just a huge number. It's, it's 51. And the thing that bothers me about it is I, I, I feel like if the under is going to hit, that means the Chiefs beat up on Houston and Houston doesn't score a lot. 
I'm expecting a little bit more of a shootout this time around. I know that Houston, uh, Kansas City has gotten healthier on the defensive side, but I saw a report yesterday that Chris Jones, the talented defensive tackle for Kansas City, was held out of practice. So especially if he's um, going to miss the game or be hobbled at all, that definitely hurts the defense. I'm going to err on the side of a bit of a shootout here. I could see Kansas City winning this game, um, you know, 34 to 20, something like that, uh, maybe 34 to 27, I mean. So I, I'm going to take Houston and the nine and a half points, Kansas City winning in a shootout. It's close, but I'm going to take the over on some player props here that I like. Deshaun Watson rushing yards. 31 and a half yards is the prop. Um, He's beat this number in his last four games, including last uh, week's playoff win. Houston is 3-1 and one in those games. So I'm expecting Houston's coaching staff and Deshaun Watson to be like, hey, Deshaun, go crazy. Um, go out there and, and do your thing. So I think he's going to beat the 31.5 yards. Duke Johnson rushing yards is only 15.5. He beat this number 10 times this year, including last week against the Chiefs. He only got three carries, but I think he looked really good uh, when the Texans coaching staff looked at that tape. I would think he gets more, more than three carries, so he beats the 15-and-a-half. Last one I got on this game is Travis Kelsey, five-and-a-half receptions. He's beat that number in six out of his last eight games. It's a playoff game. I think Travis Kelsey has a big game. Uh, I'll take the over on five-and-a-half receptions. I'll take the over on 15-and-a-half rushing yards for Duke Johnson. I'll take the over on 31-and-a-half yards rushing for Deshaun Watson. Give me Houston with the nine-and-a-half points and the over. Guys? I think I'm going to go the other way on this game. I think that she, I think Houston basically lucked into winning that game last week. Buffalo had that game. Um, they were up big. They gave it away. Uh, their coach just screwed up from, from going away from the run. Uh, so I think Houston probably should have lost last week. I think the Chiefs coming off a bye, having an entire week to rest. I can see this game. I can see the Chiefs just blowing out the Texans this week. I'm all over the Chiefs this week. I would lay the nine and a half. I like the Kelsey prop over five and a half, although I did hear that he's got a, a bit of a knee injury, so he's questionable. But you know he's going to play in this game. He's, gonna, he's Pat Mahomes' favorite target, so I love, I love the, five, uh, the over the five and a half. As far as um, – other props, actually like over 13 and a half rushing yards for Pat Mahomes. Good value, plus 100. So you lay 100, you win 100. Um, so those are my two props uh, from the, the Chiefs game, and I like the Chiefs in this one. Mike? Yeah, I'm torn on this game. I think it's a lot of points. I, I think one of the key, uh, key things here is if Will Fuller plays. You know, he, he for Houston, um, he can make a huge difference in the outcome. You know, he's that vertical threat, can really stretch the defense. Uh, he's questionable right now from what I can tell, but he is expected to play. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs defense here, they've been amazing. That Can they shut down Houston's offense? Probably, but it's one of those things where Deshaun Watson is the X factor, right? Fuller's playing. I see them scoring a lot of touchdowns, maybe some, some late touchdowns to keep it close. I think I'm sticking with Houston here. Nine and a half points is too much, so give me the Texans. One quick note on the Kelsey thing. I saw that uh, report about his um, health to JT. Uh, for what it's worth, Andy Reid came out and said he's fine. He's a go for Sunday. All right, so we got the last game of the, uh, of the slate this week, which is Seattle going to Green Bay. 
Um, who wants to start us off on this one? Well, I'll jump in here real quick. Um, <clears throat> Seattle at Green Bay. Seattle is getting four the last time I looked. Uh, as soon as I looked at it, uh, I said, Russell Wilson getting four points in the playoffs. Uh, I, I love that all day. That still has a lot of appeal for me. Um, I also thought about the times that I watched Green Bay actually play this game uh, called NFL football this year. And I wasn't super impressed. They had a great record for the year, 13-3, and three, but I don't think their play on the field really reflected a, a record that's that great. Um, the more you start digging into it, though, the numbers really start to favor um, Green Bay. Uh, if you look at like their last 10 uh, meetings, the home team has dominated uh, this Seattle-Green uh, Bay matchup. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 4-0 and the last four games against the Seahawks in Lambeau. Um, so right now I've got my money on the Seahawks getting the four, but taking a look at those numbers, I was starting to waver a little bit. Do you guys have any thoughts on that point? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It seems like the home team in this rivalry uh, seems to win every time and win by pretty convincing scores too, especially when the games played at green Bay. I mean, green Bay won uh, in 2017, 17 to nine, they won in 2016, 38 to 10. And then in 2015, they won 27, 17. The line right now in DraftKings is four and a half. You know, picking up those two uh, defensive players that Green Bay picked up in the offseason, uh, I think was really big. They spent a lot of money on defense. Their defense has really turned around. Um, you know, Seattle won last week against Philadelphia, but they won against the Philadelphia team that didn't have Carson Wentz for most of the game. And, uh, and then I just heard that uh, Josh McCown played with a torn hamstring. So I'm not really sure how great Seattle is. They only scored 17 points last week. To me, I think I'm leaning towards Green Bay this week. Yeah, one interesting stat here. The Seahawks are 0-5-1 against the spread in the last six meetings at Lambeau. Um, you know, Rodgers has completely dominated uh, any opponent who's come in there. Um, you know, Russell Wilson is really struggling these kind of Temperatures that you'll see at Lambeau, and I think right now it's showing 23 degrees, slight chance of snow, five-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, you know, this looks like a game where, you know, I can see Green Bay winning. I, I really like the under in this one. Uh, I think the Seahawks have stayed in the under their last three games, which also coincides with them losing Chris Carson. And the Packers have stayed under in their last four games with an offense that doesn't, you know, wow, but really gets the job done. So, uh, I like the under for sure, and I, I think I would also probably take Green Bay in this one. Good stuff, guys. Uh, do we have um, tracks of the week? Yeah, so real quick, let's just run through them. Uh, my track of the week, without go going too much into it, is uh, I like the Chainsmokers takeaway, but the Andrew Rayel remix. Throwing a little transaction onto a, uh, a Chainsmokers track. It's mine. You have for takeaway. You know, I'm kicking this back to our Glitch Matrix, John. Nice. I'll be your world. Happen to notice the top 10 track by Glitch Matrix. Uh, I think it doesn't get enough credit. Let's bring some light back to that one.
Um, what I'm going to say is I'm actually going to go hip hop on this one. Uh, Meek Mill and Drake going bad. It's a song from early in 2019, but I can't stop listening to it. Um, and I, I just I wish the song was an hour long because I love it so much. Great hook. Love it. Need you to go away. Still going bad on them anyway. Saw you last night, but did it all day. Yeah, a lot of murk coming in a hard way. But got a sticky and I keep it at my dog's place. Girl, I left you love it. Magic not saw shade. Still going bad. I think that's all we got, guys. All right, everyone. Another episode of Wagers Ragers. Good luck, everybody, on your all your bets. We'll talk to you next week. Raged. <laughs>